it in for Embiid. We're going to hit the nine-minute mark of this third quarter. Embiid one-on-one with Anderson. Help now, Gobert. Doesn't matter. Embiid. Big-time performance from Joel Embiid. 39 points, seven rebounds, three blocks, and a decisive 117-94 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is our in-the-zone player of the night. How about this? The month of March for Joel Embiid has seen the following. 35 points, 31 points, 42 points, 39 points. This is his last four games. Playing incredible basketball. He's a reason I do kind of semi-believe in the Sixers. Also, Iron Eagle on the call. I mean, can we acknowledge it's about to be a great month getting epic calls from Iron Eagle? He's somewhat the co-player of the night. Uh, Yeah, I'm fine with that. Announcer of the night could become a thing on this show, no doubt. Uh, Joel Embiid is staking his claim for NBA MVP. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, he's kind of deserved one for the last two years. This is where, uh, like, often you get on yourself because you feel like you don't have. Uh, there are moments where you're like, "Man, uh, that I I could have provided a better take for the platform I'm on of sports talk radio." And as somebody that watches as much NBA as I do, I should have an NBA MVP at the top of my mind at all times. Like that's the guy, and then be able to like rattle off some stats to back it up. I can't pick one. I mean, you look at what Jokic has done the last couple of years, and all he's doing is at least the same thing, if not more, and the Nuggets are the number one seed. So that's kind of been my take all year is, it, look, I'd like to give it to Giannis. Jason Tatum's had a good year, even though the Celtics are starting to fall. Uh, I mean, there's a million other guys who could vie for this, including Embiid. But if you go by what the you know category of you know the uh, whatever it takes to win the MVP the last two years, it's Jokic. So yesterday, I saw J.J. Reddick's name trending on Twitter in the middle of the show. I click it, and a uh, very entertaining video. He's accusing Kendrick Perkins of claiming that white NBA MVP voters are racist and says that the show First Take promotes such behavior. This is the clip from the screaming match on First Take. Stephen, I mean no offense to you, and I mean no offense to First Take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I, you I ju- yes, not, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, did yes, not, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up. We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated it. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Incredible. It's the facts. (laughs) Can you please clip that anytime you just disagree? Like, somebody pointed out on our text line at 50857, anytime you disagree with me, just play that. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm going to use that far too often, but I appreciate that text comment. That's tremendous. really is. So I don't really have any interest in getting uh, into the racial side of this discussion. It is a clear no-win situation. Both guys are probably wrong for some of the claims that they made, and uh, there you go. There's my super political answer. I do think it's interesting, though, that we get so fired up about the MVP award every single year, and in the NBA more so than any other league. And I think the reason why is because of just the nature of the sport. And this has been the case my whole life. 
every year you can make a really good case for multiple guys. It is really difficult to accurately select one individual in the NBA every single year and say, yep, they were better than everybody else. You go back to the Jordan era. Jordan didn't win the MVP award every year. He wasn't any less valuable any year that he played for the Bulls. LeBron James, for whatever team he played on, wasn't any less valuable. He didn't win every year. I mean, there because there's only five guys on a court and an NBA superstar at the highest level means so much to their organization, everything involved, wins, money, business, TV, fans in the seats, like everything. There's so much value in these guys that it's really difficult to discern who's better than the other. So I've come up with a solution, Tazi. And some people out there are not going to like this. You've heard the crowds that hate participation trophies. They want less trophies, not more trophies. Like the people's champ. I think we should have two MVP awards. I think we should do it like your sport, baseball. There should be an East MVP and a West MVP, and it would at least split the discussion a little bit in a year like this. You know, then, okay, we have a debate about Embiid versus Giannis. Jokic gets his award, and then you award somebody in the East. I think that's the way we should do it because there's so much value in these guys, and it's tied to contracts. Like It's not like just some arbitrary award. This actually has real monetary value for some of these players, and to just give it to one guy when there's so much value in the league, I think you're shortchanging some players. I love it, and especially with how many guys put up stats these days. Of course, it, like, you know... The MVP, when it's been handed out in years past, the fact that it's just one guy getting it for the NBA makes it a much bigger deal. You're not, I mean, you're not really cheapening it, but I think you made a good argument. And there's enough guys putting up crazy numbers to really allow the two MVPs. Baseball does it. I, uh, I think this is a valid solution. Yeah, I mean, we don't think that it's cheapened in baseball, so why would it be cheapened in the NBA? It's the same amount of teams. And that's the thing. With baseball, I think it originally was like that because the American League and National League were, quote-unquote, two separate leagues. Like, Correct. They didn't really play each other. But they never changed it. When they when interleague play took over the league, right. they, did, they didn't they didn't uh, mesh the two together. They kept it separate, and it feels just as meaningful. It's true. I mean, and even uh, back in the day, like the National League had different rules and pitchers still hit. So even when the universal DH became a thing, that could have been another opportunity where you're. And it's even beyond interleague play. That used to just be a few weeks per season. Now it's like a rolling schedule and you play every team once at least. So if there was ever a time to go to one MVP for baseball, it would be now. But because there's so many players and enough guys putting up numbers. That's why they're able to have one in each league, and nobody's mad about it. So I think you're on to something here with the East and West. For ref- I was yeah, just going to say, for reference, as a white guy myself, I don't really consider the Eastern European guys white guys. Like, it's just different. Well, that's a hot take. <laughs> I mean, their skin might be white, and this might be the worst uh, route to go, but, like, they're not U.S. white. <laughs> They're not U.S. white. Wow. Not USA that white. Is, when I walked into work today, <laughs> not what I was expecting. Uh, I still think they fall into the Caucasian bucket, though. Yeah, but they built differently. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> There's no Lucas roaming around. There's no Jokic's and a long list of other guys who uh, are in Eastern from I, Eastern Europe. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and they, they mentioned, I thought it was a really good point. They said that, 
those players, the, the, the Eastern European NBA guys, if anything, we hold that against them right. historically more so than wanting to leap more praise onto them because they're white in a predominantly black league. We, we actually tend to underrate those players well, more one, than overrate. At one point, it was like considered soft, and you had Vince Carter jumping over Frederick Weiss, and you know there were a lot of examples of you know why they didn't get respect. But now the NBA, and I've been saying it for a long time, it's really become glorified Euroball. I mean, based on we we should probably go full Euro ball and allow people to take the ball off the rim and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, the way the game is played with pace and all that, I mean, and, and it's easy to see why Eastern European guys are thriving, probably now more there, more than ever in numbers and in like production. It's it's really tremendous. Yeah, the leagues become a little bit less physical. It's spaced out more, and that fits their style quite a bit. I mean, it's great for the global game. It, yeah. That's the one thing you can say about the modern game, and I, I don't really like the ridiculously high scores, everybody putting up crazy numbers, but it's great for the global game, and if if that gets us a chance at more stars, I'm for it. I think part of the reason NBA MVP voters have favored Jokic is the same reason why they favored Steve Nash years ago when he was going head-to-head with Kobe Bryant. I don't think it has anything to do with their skin color. I think it has to do with one of the... Um, key factors and what makes them special excuse me it's passing i think we tend to when it was the same with magic johnson back in the day i think when your value is on full display in the nba when you can not only score you also help others score we tend to value the passer when trying to come up with who is the most valuable player okay everybody's scoring a ton of points you're doing that too but you're also assisting other players in scoring uh, quite a bit and doing it and making it look good while you do it. Both of those guys check those boxes. Russell Westbrook, the reason why he got multiple MVPs is because he had double-digit assists every night. I think when we don't know how to quantify defense, so we don't put enough, in my opinion, we don't put enough into are you an elite defender towards your MVP, but we know how to quantify passing statistics, and we love passers. That can also score. I think there's a lot to that. That is the good thing about the modern game is all the analytics, and I think there are more ways to determine who's a good on-ball defender. And Of course, you had Tony Allen, who got a lot of respect, who was a great on-ball defender when he was with Memphis. Uh, but really, when you give out the defensive player of the year, it's usually just blocks or steals. And I guess Jaron Jackson Jr., he gets a lot of blocks. And at one point, I think they were saying home cooking that he was getting even inflated stats in home games. That's a whole nother can mm. of worms. But yes, I mean uh, that's been the classic way to define defense: who leads the league in blocks and steals. But now it's like I think they do a better job of incorporating anything, everything in there. Kind of how you know PFF and football does a good job of uh, grading line play and trenches because those guys don't put up a whole lot of stats for sure. But are we putting enough into that for the people that are voting? I don't know. I don't know if that's a factor enough. That's for me. That's why for me, I would say Embiid probably over Jokic, just because I think he's a better defender. But it's funny how Jokic just averages pretty. I mean, he doesn't average a triple double, but just about, and that's crazy. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. you watch a game, and he really does have more health this year, and it's in the thin air. So the guy's done what he's done the last two years at least. Plus, they're the one seed. It's just hard to make an argument against. I've been somebody who didn't want him to win the MVP the last two years, but if there's ever a year for him to win it, I feel like it's actually this year. Coming up next, Raheem Palmer, betting analyst from the ringer with the best bets in the NBA tonight after this.